very pleasant good evening to you, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sunday Card Dance and Pano. Maddie Ice, Maddie C, Matt Silver, our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper Lou Paracone. All three of us create the triad of this wonderful show. We've been doing positional rankings groups all summer. We broke down the entire league last year. It was incredible. But now, ladies and gentlemen, this show takes a turn, if you will. It is time for one of our favorite shows of the year. Please, ladies and gentlemen, let us introduce to you our fantasy football extravaganza show here on the Sunday card. We are giving you targeted players, guys to stay away from, sleeper picks for your fantasy football team. The only thing we won't give you what the heck you're going to name your team? We're not that creative, although I'm sure Lewis could come up with something very, very creative himself. But the king is here. The commish is here as well. And Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver is about to go deep diving, dumpster diving into fantasy football. I mean, Matt, this is your baby. This is this is your show. This is my absolute favorite time of year. I've, I've loved doing the positional rankings, but I, I would be lying if I said I didn't put twice the amount of work in the past two weeks than I did the entire time that we were doing positional rankings. You know, I, I just can't help myself. I'm doing it on my own free time anyway, my own free will. Uh, so going a little extra mile for the show to really get the stats, really give some metrics, really have some pre-planned out thoughts and, and hopefully give some good tips like we did last year. We gave out a couple good tips last year, a couple guys to target. Uh, one I could think of that we both said, Tom Brady, a value finish, is a top five QB this past year because mm. he throws the ball 700 times at Tampa Bay. So just a little couple samples like that. Uh, you're not wasting your, your second-round pick of Patrick Holmes, who ends up having a bad year. We all know he's a bad quarterback, and we've heard plenty of that since our positional ranking show where we left uh, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> off of that. And Lou might yell at me again today, so just going to see uh, how that goes. But I'm well, super excited, Dan, my favorite episode of the year. Well, this is also Lou's favorite episode of the year because it's the episode where he gets to just jot down all the notes that you're going to take and take all your picks on when we come fantasy drafting. Isn't that right, Lou? You know, it is my favorite time of year. It really is. You know, some might say Christmas, but truly taking all of Matt's picks during a fantasy draft truly is, uh, you know, uh, Jesus in a manger. It, it really is it, <laughs> fantastic. It really it's glorious. You know, the three mages come along. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a good quarterback. I got to slide that in real quick. Uh yeah, let's do it. I'm ready to roll. Is it like Jesus performing at Red Rocks? Is it, is it like the Beatles or Jesus performing hey, at Red Rocks? Is that? Is hey, that so I'm like... picking Antonio Brown, my last pick. He's going to get picked up. Watch. <laughs> oh, what a tweet that was. Didn't oh. get to see himself play football. But anyway, yeah, this is the, this is the episode that our friends in our league will listen to the most. They'll listen to it on the way to the draft uh, just to make sure uh, they could snake all my picks just a little bit too early. Um, I'm looking at you. Tyler picking right before me this year. I already know you're <laughs> listening, so you're going to kill me. By the way, shout out Stu Finer for doing our fantasy picks. That was freaking unbelievable, Matt. A great job by the commission there. Yeah, I mean, you laid it up for me. You sent that, uh, you know, we, we did have Stu Finer guest present our draft order this year, which was just phenomenal to put, put that in the group chat. The boys went nuts for it. So, um, you know, shout out to the source. The source. I love it. Um, Let's get into it, shall we? Let us go through the fantasy football extravaganza. But before we do, Matt, did you watch any preseason football this weekend? Caught a little bit. Well, you know, working at the bar, keeping a little eye on things. Um, most things you're trying to keep your eye on are, you know, quarterbacks, 
The Pittsburgh game in particular uh, was one interesting to see. You, you had three quarterbacks there kind of in, in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to watch, obviously, following that game was the Broncos and Cowboys. Uh, but in that Seahawks game, George Pickens, as much as that was a great touchdown, it's offense pass interference. I can't believe he didn't get called back. Yeah. But the George Pickens train is is off and running uh, oh, as hard. far as the hype train right now. So uh, I watched a couple games. I didn't watch too much of it. I'll, I'll usually go back and kind of just read up on what did I need to learn from this week instead of watching all of the games? I know you watch way more than I did. That would be correct. <laughs> um, I had a lot, actually won a couple of little side bets uh, this We're weekend. We're getting a roll in preseason week one. We're fired. Took, took your uh, took your Broncos uh, against the Cowboys. It was pretty easy. Ravens continue to be a great preseason pick. Um, just a couple of there. But, no, I, I really enjoyed – I was not as enamored with Kenny Pickett as I think most of the, the media was. I thought a lot of it was dink and dunk, which was fine. Like, he looked on time, boys, against the third-string defense of the Seahawks, sure. But uh, I was very excited about Malik Willis. I think Malik Willis looks like a beast. I mean, the running ability is ridiculous. So I'm very, very excited about him. and. The Patriots just didn't even run their ones out. They literally ran all their twos. So it was basically a giant waste of time playing the Giants. But apparently they can't stop fighting the Panthers in practice. So, you know, hopefully that'll be an interesting game on Friday. But it definitely was uh, RIP to the Jets season and Zach Wilson. Even though it's only two to five weeks, it just feels like it's already. Oh, oh, my man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We had a comeback come from behind victory over the Eagles. You're not wrong. I know know Tyler is actually listening, so I had to get that in real quick. (laughs) Uh, Makai Becton going down, Zach, Zach Wilson, Zachy Poe. Uh, I guess he's going to get back online talking to older women or something like while he's resting. I'm not really sure. Uh, but Joe Flacco is very likely to start week one against the Baltimore Ravens. So that should be a lot of fun. I'm sure I've, I'm already feeling like that could be some type of pick that one of us has on, on week one, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Boy, I, uh, hope, I hope I don't have to bet for or against Joe Flacco at all this year. Uh, I hope I don't no. find myself in that position, but you're, you're, to be seen. Your dreams may not – your dreams may may go to die there, unfortunately. Uh, let's get into it. Let's do – we're going to do running backs. We're going to do wide receivers. We're going to do tight ends. We're going to do quarterbacks. We're not doing kickers. You're a bunch of lunatics. We don't do that. So anti-kicker pod right here, right? And get get the kickers out of your league. You know, call your commission up right now as you hear this. Get the kickers out of the league. The most ridiculous variable. We spend all of our week at least trying to guess who we can start, and then you win or lose based on the biggest random variable of kicker in the league. Get them out of your league. Well, Kick them out. Let's 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 do just that, shall we? For the running backs, we're going to give you two guys to target in rounds one through five. Two to target in rounds five through ten. And then some stayaways in the same order, rounds one through five and five through ten, and we'll give you a deep sleeper as well. Uh, Matt, we're looking at the fantasy draft. What are some keys to building a fantasy football team? Well, keys, I mean, you got to be able to have somebody in every position. You got to be able to fill up the roster. So it's very important going in, you got to know what your layout is. Are you in, you know, uh, Two running back, two wide receiver, flex. Very standard, one quarterback, one tight end going forward. Do you have a super flex where you're taking, you know, where you want to take two quarterbacks and you need to have that second, you know, the quarterback's the most valuable high point scoring position. So you need to know that, you know, do you have to start uh, three wide receivers instead of two where you might value wide receiver more? So that's overall going in. And you've got to have, 
you know, a little bit of a plan going in, but you can't try and predict all your picks. You can't do your mock drafts. And then you say, um, okay, first round, I'm taking this guy. And then second round, I'm going to take this guy. Like no matter what's on the board, you have to let the draft come to you. You kind of have to go in with plan A, plan B, plan C, you know, take your first, first round, second round, third round, where you're really going to get the core of your team, have a couple different ways you could go. And then you got to adjust from there. Again, you got it. We got to audible. It's, we got to make second half changes. It's just the nature of the league. You can't just go in with set plans. Um, if, you know, somebody slips down the board or you reach too high for a guy. So you can't do that. Uh, that goes in my second part of, you know, a second mantra, if you will, going into the draft season. If you love a guy at his value, because he's late pick, don't take him around or two rounds early because you destroy all the value. The players that you read online that in draft season, we like them because it's where they're being drafted. They're being drafted behind other players that we think they will outperform those players. If you take them 12 picks too early ahead of those players, you're kind of ruining all your draft value that you potentially have with that player. So don't get too excited. Know the ADP, the average draft position of these players. You can squeeze maybe five picks ahead of that ADP. But obviously the best is if you can get them after it. If you, if you get them, you know, they're supposed to be 66th overall in the draft and you can get them at 70th pick. That's where you're really going to be able to win the draft. It's, you're not going to win your league at the draft, but it helps you get a couple wins to start up your season. Um, and then one last thing, uh, you know, sorry, two last things that I have here, just really quick. Again, when you're drafting too, I think it's so important to not look at the 200 overall list where you've got every position in there. I think it's really important to sort your draft by position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, mm. tight end. You know, you don't want to look at that big list because then you can get dragged into, oh, there's this really good wide receiver here. But you've already got three wide receivers and you've only got one running back. And if you look at the running back category, even though he might be five spots down on your overall thing, he's the last running back you like for like two rounds. And if you don't get this guy now, then you're really going to be looking at your team after you take that wide receiver because you go, oh, well, that value is too good. I got to take him. Oh, well, this quarterback value is too good. Now you're looking later. You go, there are no running backs that I like here. So it's important to look by position. You got to have everybody. You got to have somebody in each spot. So don't load up on one's position um, and, and make sure that you're prioritizing getting a little bit there. Um, and then last, I would say, is balancing your roster, not just by position, but balancing it by floor and ceiling players. This is, this is the mantra that I was telling the guys before the show that I have to tell myself this year. I fall victim of. I, I want to take the safer player when it comes up between the two. Last year, I wasn't on Jamar Chase. I thought he was too volatile. I didn't, didn't know how he was going to be. I missed out on that last year. I missed out big time because he had a couple weeks that he goes off and he's the number one wide receiver on the week, number two, number two wide receiver on the week. And that can win you the whole game. He could blow the rest of the positions out of the water on those one or two weeks. Now, other weeks, maybe he doesn't help you win but he provides a little bit of a floor. So you just got to have a balance of you can't have all Keenan Allen's and Josh Jacobs that are going to just plug away for you, get you a few points, but never really go off. But you also can't have the world of, again, I have uh, Jamar chase and, and Tyler Lockett, uh, you know, they're are going to have big boom weeks and then, and then fall off. So make sure you balance that. Don't have a bunch of guys that I score you 10 points every week. Cause guess what? They'll finish at the top 20 of their position, but they're not really going to help you win any games. Mm. Can't have your cake and eat it too, folks. Balance is the most important thing. Let's get into it. The people want to hear names, Matt. That's what they want to hear. So give us some guys. Let's go 
rounds one through five first in the most important position in fantasy football, possibly, especially in the first few rounds, is running back. It's very difficult to decide, especially, I, you know, I, I'm somebody with the fifth pick in the draft this year. So I've got to really make a tough decision on, am I taking a, the fifth best running back in the league here, or am I taking a top wide receiver in the league, a guy that's going to – I'm actually having to make that decision now this year as I formulate my plan, but let's go targets one through five. And then let's go stayaways in rounds one through five. Who are the two guys that you're targeting in the first five rounds? Right. So I think like you said, I mean, the first round this year, I, I've started to feel consent, you know, a consensus amongst like experts across all these different sites that you can read ESPN fancy pros and all these, all the like that, the lean of going more wide receiver in the first round because they're more consistent, they're more likely to at least return on their value of where you're drafting them versus the running back position that we know can be super volatile, can really, you know, injuries are more because they're just taking more contact and they're getting more usage. Um, but then when you get that number one running back, it's such a valuable asset. So that's where it really is. Again, Dan, you're, you said you're in a tricky spot uh, with these really high floor wide receivers that you know are going to do well for you. But at the same time, then there's just there's just not enough bell cow backs in the league. I mean, mm. what you're really looking for out of these bell cow backs that give you the best chance of finishing top 20 is, is 200 carries and 35 receptions. Is really you want the pass catchers. Um, the pass catching gives that little extra boost to the running backs. So that being said, my targets are definitely guys that are going to be in that pass catching role. And this is a guy that my tune has changed on a lot from this this episode last year. That's DeAndre Swift. I don't want this to sound like, you know, I automatically feel like I'm getting roped into the hard knocks, the hard knocks bump. I was just going to say. But I, if, again, listen to our positional ranking show from the NFC North, and I put the Lions number two above the Vikings, who you thought was blasphemous. And it's because of DeAndre Swift. And I think the potential that he has, and my, my tune has changed a lot on him from, from this last year. So I've been on high on him going in. Um, last year he had, I mean, he really kind of broke out. He finished as the RB uh, 15 in PPR only playing 13 games, the same he has done for the past two seasons, but his talent, his skill level, again, if you're watching hard knocks, if you watch the second episode is really a, a, a key in on him. The offensive coordinator, Deuce Staley believes in this guy. He wants to get him involved. Um, and except he had uh, 78 targets last year in 13 games. They target the running back position, the third most out of any team in the NFL. They're tied at 24% of the target share goes towards the running back position. They're only behind Atlanta and Carolina because Atlanta has a crossover. They both have a crossover running back wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey catches, you know, if he stays healthy for a whole year, over a hundred balls. And I think that Swift is kind of that same player. Uh, he has the potential if he stays healthy for a full 16 games to catch 90 passes this year. I think he had set against 78 targets in 13 games, if he stays healthy for a full 14, even if he stays healthy for six or for full 17 or 16, he's getting up near that hundred target number. And that hundred target number can then equal again, 80 to 90 catches as well as he only had seven touchdowns last year. This is an Alliance offense that I think that people are buying into as could be better. We know that they have one of the best offensive lines, which is something that again, you should be learning from this show. Like you, the natural turn of the lines is that they're not very good, but they've got one of the better offensive lines after what they've invested in the draft capital these past couple of years. So uh, he is a guy at that one, two turn. If I can get one of those wide receivers that we we're talking about falling late in the first round, if I'm picking at the end of the draft, if Justin Jefferson or Stefan Diggs is Jamar chase is there at the back half. 
getting DeAndre Swift on the two turn just feels so good to me. Cause again, I think the floor that he provides with the pass catching is, is safe. He averages, I mean, like six targets a game. He gets an insane volume in the passing game. And if they want to get him involved more in the running game, I think he gets closer to that 200 number. Even if he doesn't hit that 200 uh, rushing attempts, like I said, he's going to blow 35 receptions out of the water for sure. Right. Yeah, no question. I think DeAndre Swift definitely has that potential. Uh, that's a very interesting one, and it's not surprising considering our positional ranking show. Uh, did you have anybody else as a, as, a, as a target for those first five rounds? Because I know that's more of the first, second round turn area that you're talking about anybody else in those maybe three, four, five rounds that you might be targeting or anybody even earlier. So, yeah, I I think in that, that three to four range, I think that there's a few running backs that are falling back there that can be number ones. If you were to wanted to invest in, in wide receiver early in the first two rounds, I think that you can get, uh, there's a couple guys back there, but my favorite one, uh, currently he's, he's going on ADP as the running back 14. Uh, and, and it's Leonard Fournette. And I have this written down next to Leonard Fournette is hell hath hell hath no fury like a scorned fantasy player because <laughs> because Leonard Fournette has burned quite a few people in their in the day when he's back in Jacksonville and he's RB nine his rookie year follows it up with an RB forty sophomore season filled with injuries only to bounce back to be the seventh best running back in 2019 to then fall back down to outside of the top twenty when his first year in Tampa Bay but. Last year, he found a role in Tampa Bay that I think he is going to have this year as well. Weeks uh, four through 15, uh, he got injured in week 15. But as of week four, he started staying on the field more around 60% of the time. He started getting more snaps um, as the lead back and getting in in the system. He averaged over six targets a game in those 11 weeks. He was the running back five through that stretch. The touchdown upside that comes with playing on the Bucs is immense. We know that they are the, they were the number one offensive scoring team last year. I expect them to be up in the top five, at least again this year. Um, I mean, at his ADP, I think he's one of the few guys, again, going at the running back 14, we're talking 25th overall. So we're talking middle of the third round, could slip, slip to late in the third round. He's one of the few guys that I think can have 200 carries for sure. He had about, I think, 180, 190 last year, um, fell just short of it but had like 75 targets. And that was in that one, you know, that was really an 11 week span. Um, I think he's the best run blocking or sorry, pass blocking back that they have. So that's why he's on the field more. And again, he's very good at catching the ball. So I think that he is easily going to hit that 200 carry mark and then maybe be up towards 80 targets. Well, you know, what's great is that that's one of my guys that I'm targeting in the first five rounds is Leonard Fournette. And basically because we talked about it, I'll give you the numbers right now. It's 69 catches on 84 targets last year. That was way more than Alvin Kamara did. Alvin Kamara only had 47 receptions on 67 targets. Just to put it in comparison, we talk about Kamara as his pass catching back. He finished RB7 last year in total production and points per game. Uh, and by the way, they have a rookie replacing Ronald Jones. I'm not sure how much that's going to be you know, trusted early on. So I love Leonard Fournette. I love that pick. He would be a guy that I would target, you know, right in that area of first, second round turn guy that I really like. Uh, but outside of that, in, in the more like down the line, maybe third, fourth, fifth round, uh, what do you think of Elijah Mitchell? That's that's kind of a target guy that I like. I know he's in a, a deep running back room, but like I said last year, Mitchell leading the division in rushing last year, 963 yards. He had almost five yards of carry, and he only played in 11 games. So, I mean, and especially in, in – 
And Trey Lance might be relying more on some of those running backs as he develops his passing game. Um, I love Elijah Mitchell, too, in the back end of the fourth, fifth round. He, he is one that worries me just because of the nature of San Francisco. You know, we, we know this with Shanahan. They, they've kind of got that revolving door. I mean, they've still got Jeff Wilson. They've got Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon was the one that did not stick at all last year. He was given plenty of opportunity to take that role. And the, the, there was big hype around Trey Sermon coming into last year's fantasy season, and he did not hold on to the role when he had the opportunity to. And it does worry me that right now that Elijah Mitchell is missing time in camp. And again, with, with the situation in, in, in San Francisco, the San Francisco running back has got to be what, one of the least, uh, you know, sustainable, like job positions that you could hold, like the least retainable position. Like, I just, I feel like this is a, a position that rolls over too much. So I don't know. I'm a little nervous about Elijah Mitchell, especially the fact that he's out of camp right now. Okay. Okay. Well, that's totally, I, I've definitely got it on targeting my stayaways and I'll go through them real quick and then let you go on yours. Cause they're really simple on the first five rounds. I, I didn't really need to even explain them. Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott. Those two guys are my 100% stay aways. I can't trust either of those two guys uh, to be either on the field or productive. I'm not sure Zeke Elliott right now is even one of the better running. I mean, he's obviously one of the better running backs on his team, but Tony Pollard is, is giving him for a run for his money. Saquon, I mean, I don't know how you can trust him in this new offense now. I, I just stay away from those guys. But do you have any stay aways in the first five? Stay aways in the first five for me are, are – are... One I think is pretty easy with, with especially some again more news that's been coming out of camp is Antonio Gibson. Uh, I think Antonio mm. Gibson right now again he's he's going more close to five like this is kind of just sneaking into that first five rounds. But I think that's kind of what what's entering. You you might read a lot this year about the running back dead zone. You're starting to get the guys that there's a lot of competition at the position. The offense isn't very good. I mean between the fumbling problems that he has, the hype around Brian Robinson, J.D. McKissick stayed on the team. He has all the pass catching work that we want Antonio Gibson to get that again, provides more value with the running back position. If they can catch more balls. Um, I mean, he only had five games out of the 16 that he played that he was on the field more than 65% of the time. So he was already fighting for field position last year with just JD McKissick. And then Brian Robinson hype is coming in mm. not to mention that there was a report that he's taking special team snaps. And that is not what you want to see that you're not your number one running back on your depth chart usually not taking special team snaps. So uh, he finished as the running back 12 last year. I think it was on the back of he had double-digit touchdowns, and most of those came in the final five games of the season when McKissick was out. So uh, I, I just feel like he's drafted the running back 19 right now, and that's kind of a ceiling. The other one, I, this one sounds crazy, but it's Najee Harris. I just think that – Wow. Where, okay. I, think where, I, I think he's a good player. I think he's yeah. going to finish probably top 12, top 15. But right now you have to take him as a bona fide first round pick. You have to take him six or seven spot here. Mm -hmm. And it's just the Pittsburgh situation, I think, is just too dangerous to me. He had almost 400 opportunities last year. He wasn't very efficient. He just had a crap ton of opportunities to do it. 300 carries, like 95 dump off attempts from Big Ben because <laughs> he only plays out of shotgun, can't move in the pocket, and then would throw it to Najee Harris. So I think that their offense is going to run at a little bit slower pace this year without Ben trying to speed things up and run everything out of shotgun. Uh, and, and I think that was, again, the quarterback situation. Who's it going to be? Yes, he'll have a lot of volume, but I'm not okay with taking him in my first round pick. I, so I just I, – I, if I can get him mid-second round, that's fine. But every draft I've seen, he is not getting out of the first round. I just – it's too yeah. rich for me. Yeah, that's interesting. And especially offensive line issues, we still don't know how good that Pittsburgh offensive line is. Uh, are there any – now give me some running backs. We've gotten our, 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 our solid – RB1s, you probably have an RB2 already. Is there anybody 
in rounds five through 10 that you could see that as their ADP right now, that you could see, hey, like this could be a guy could be a possible like steal in round seven, eight, nine, you know, if you can find it. Yeah. So I think a guy that has the most potential to, to pop and be like, you know, potentially be a running back too, that you can get right now at running back 33 overall and 85th overall in the draft, Chase Edmonds. I think Chase Edmonds mm. has the opportunity in Miami. He is the number one back on the depth chart right now. I understand there are some guys there. It's Tony Michelle, Raheem Mostert, but Mike McDaniel system coming, you know, bringing over the Shanahan system outside zone, really utilizing the running backs, really giving them an opportunity. Chase Edmonds was the running back 20 for Arizona last year. And he was averaging 14 touches a game through the first uh, four games of the season until he was hurt and didn't come back. Uh, I think through week four through 15, but I think that where you can get him in the 10th round, he has the potential that if you want to go again, if you want to go pass catcher heavy this year, which I'm seeing as being a more trend, that he has the ability to pop. He is just trying to beat out Raheem Mostert seems like his biggest competition. Sony Michelle's probably, you know, probably gone. Miles Gaskin was the thing last year mm-hmm. for a little bit, but he was an undrafted running back last year. Yeah. Like he has no position on this team. So they brought Edmonds in, they gave him the bag. They gave him a little bit of money. I think at worst case scenario, he's going to give you some flex value in some weeks if they have a good matchup, but he could be a consistent running back too, who catches the ball a good amount. So I think there's a little bit of excitement around this Miami offense and he can, he could fit in there. A lot of mouths to feed over there in Miami. No question about that. There are a lot of speed on that field. That, apparently, that's all I've been hearing all offseason. Uh, if I'm going to target a guy, I think I'd probably go, and maybe you might agree with this. Maybe you won't. I'm going to go Rashad Penny. Uh, I'm, I think that he is a guy that, with Chris Carson retiring and having a rookie behind him now at Kenneth Walker, and of course, Kenneth Walker's brought in there to, to, to contribute. But I think Rashad Penny, if you look at his numbers from last year, he only played 10 games. But he had 6.3 yards per attempt when he was on the field. And every time he touched the ball, 750 yards and six touchdowns in just 10 games, that'll do enough for me. And I think that Seattle offensive line, they drafted some guys. I think they're starting to get some continuity now. I know they've been sucked for years on that O-line. But, you know, the expectations are low. The expectations are low, and I think that he could pop off in a, in a, in a kind of mediocre offense. And I'll just give you one more because he's a rookie. I, I like this kid a lot. Damian Pierce, the Houston Texans. I think it sounds like from camp that he's going to be the starting running back. He's a rookie that absolutely has shined so far in camp. Sounds like the starter over those veterans. He never led a backfield in Florida, but he really won't have to lead this backfield considering he's got so many running backs behind him. Who knows? Maybe they're all too old and they get hurt. But he averaged 5.7 yards per uh, per carry and 11 yards per reception at Florida with 16 total touchdowns last year. And that was a bad Florida team playing against really good competition. So, I think he's got a chance. He's a smaller guy, but maybe has a little Austin Eckler in him. I don't know. I, I, I like Damian Pierce in that situation. Damian Pierce is my sleeper for this, too. Oh, okay. I, 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 think, I think Pierce is, again, trending the right way. Preseason week one came out, carried the ball five times. His first carry, 20 yards up the gut. Um, he ran for five, five, five carries for 49 yards. He got a look in the passing game as well. Uh, again, he's going around 12, 13 right now. So I think that absolutely, like you said, he only has to beat out Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead to get some touches. It doesn't sound like the most intimidating thing in the world. So I know it's not a great offense, not a great, you know, situation. Uh, but I think that he's definitely a guy Rashad Penny. The only thing I want to say about that, he's got a groin injury again already. And that's what we know about Rashad Penny Lord. is that he's hurt. I think he's played like 16 games over the past two seasons all together. Like he's, he's never on the field. He was a fantasy hero in the playoffs last year when he went off. But again, I know Russ, I don't, that's Seattle. I don't, I really don't want many parts of Seattle at all this year. That seems like such a, 
such a disaster. And maybe that's my problem every year. Taking taking guys on bad teams. That's all I care about that nobody knows about. Goodness. Uh, any stay away guys in these rounds here? I, I got a couple here, uh, but I want to hear yours first. Yeah, stay aways. Um, once we start getting into, like I said, after rounds like four, uh, right after like four and 12 team leagues, five and 10 team leagues, we're, we're getting again, what I said, that running back dead zone, which is we're just getting, we're talking committees. And if you're talking committees, you don't want to take the guy that's valued at the top of the draft. You'd rather take the second man in the committee or the third who has potential to come up and get more touches and get them like four to five rounds later. Again, these guys all have a counterpart to go with it. Uh, so my first one here is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's it. This is, this one hurts. This Clyde's been a guy of mine, you know, CEH has been on my list these past couple of years. I think I've had him in, in some leagues, at least for the, a little bit for the past two seasons. He's just, he's a plotter. He just, he gets it done. Like he gets them the yards that they need sometimes, but he's not used the volume enough. He's not really explosive enough. We've never seen him with that breakaway speed. They still would rather go to a guy like, you know, when they had Damian and Daryl Williams, those guys had more breakaway home run speed. Um, and so they were using them on more of the wheel routes and things like that, that are going to get you those big fantasy points. So I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is just stuck um, in, in a, in a big committee. Isaiah Pacheco is like the talk of chiefs Love camp. Him. Isaiah Love Pacheco him. is all over the place. So uh, that's another one. It might be a little too much camp noise there, but I think there's just enough guys. Ronald Jones is there now. Um, I don't know if she's, uh, what's his name. Who's been on a billion teams. Uh, McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon is there now. Like, <laughs> I don't know if he's even going to make the roster, but uh, I, I think it's a full thing there. And I think the worst committee in the NFL now, if we're getting out of, it's not the Patriots anymore, folks, it's the Eagles. You don't want any part of these Eagles running backs. I think nope. Miles Sanders, you know, Miles Sanders led the team in rushing attempts last year, 137 attempts. He did not get one of their 25 rushing touchdowns. The Eagles led the league in rushing touchdowns at 25. Miles Sanders, the leading running back rusher, didn't get a single one. Again, he might get a little positive regression for, toward that, but again, I just, you can't count on when he's going to be in the, on the field in the important positions. He might be on the field from the 20 to the 20, and then he comes out during the red zone when you want him there the most. Uh, he's also missing time in camp right now. And there's a lot of hype around uh, Kenny Gainwell. Yeah. So I, I'm hearing a lot about Kenny Gainwell in camp. Uh, and just one thing to know again from Sanders last year, actually, I want to toss this one to Lou a little bit. Cause I know I vividly remember in the draft last year, Lou sitting there in like the fifth or sixth round said, Miles Sanders is sitting here. What, what am I not seeing with Miles Sanders? <laughs> and he did finish again, close to being a running back too, but in 20, in only 25% of the games that he played last year, he was a running back two or better. So in only 25% of the games, he was running back 24 or better. 8.9% of the time, he was a running back 12 or better. So a running back one. So Lou, when you had Miles Sanders last year, did you ever feel confident starting him? Or did you ever feel like he won you a game? Because it feels like he was just a guy that plugged into a position and got you like eight points. In, in fairness, he was like my RB4. Right. Oh, because he loads up. You, I, Lou loads up on running backs. Early. I load up on running backs. But uh, I just want to make a note. We hate the NFC East. We <laughs> is it that bad? Oh my gosh! You brought up Barkley and Elliott. Oh and, yeah, I did. And Matt brought up Gibson, who I also had last year. Now, yeah, now who was more frustrating last year between those two, and now right. Miles Sanders. Now, yeah, no. The problem is that Jalen Hurts, and we'll get into this with quarterbacks. I'm sure one of you will bring him up. Mm. Uh, he's just going to steal all the goal line touchdowns. It, it's stay out of that backfield. It's not worth it. So right. Well, and like I said, if you want to get a piece of it, grab a guy like Kenny Gainwell, who's going in the 12th round versus a guy like Miles Sanders, who's going again, I think at the dead zone right now, Miles Sanders is like 
in, in the sixth or seventh. So again, yeah. I just think that there's so many wide receivers in that range that you can get instead of a guy like him. Yeah. Kenny Gainwell uh, definitely has the potential to kind of be, uh, I think obviously we're, we're down on Antonio Gibson this year, but in the past, I think he has the potential to be like that level a thousand yard rusher. Uh, Miles Sanders is also on my stayaways. And, and for all the reasons you said, plus he actually averaged less points per game last year in fantasy than Boston Scott did. So that's a major red flag. Um, and the, I think the Eagles are actually going to open up their passing game this year a lot more than you think. Uh, and then the other one, a stay away, because they're also running back by committee, and I don't trust him coming off injury. I'm staying away from J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I'm staying mm. away from him. I, he's going ADP 50, roughly, or in that area. Uh, I think he's too reliant on touchdowns. And in 2020, he only averaged 1.2 receptions per game. That, that's it. I mean, I, I think that's, that's hard to – justify J.K. Dobbins, even though they are in a run-heavy offense. Um, I, I think that, that it, he's a guy that, again, running back by committee and, and with Lamar also being able to take away some carries. Yeah, I, I think he's one of those guys that we're giving a lot of credit to for never really actually seeing in the NFL. Again, he's just yeah. kind of been injured and not played a ton. Um, so I think that we give a lot of credit like he's going to because it's naturally fit with the Ravens. But I agree. I think that they all like to keep fresh legs out there. And, and you know, Lamar's a big problem for the running backs as well. Well, you mentioned Damian Pierce as your sleeper after I mentioned him as one of my my target guys in those. I'll give you another round 11 through 12 kind of sleeper guy who's also a rookie. And I told you about him when we did the positional rankings. I love Tyler Algier. I think he'll be the first. I think he'll be RB1 by the end of the year. He be, really became the bell cow back last year at BYU. Doubled his receptions from his junior year. 1,600 yards and 23 touchdowns his senior year at BYU. 5.8 yards per carry. And there's really not another reliable running back on the Falcons. I mean, Damian Williams, but Damian Williams is, has been kind of, I mean, he's been with the Bears, he's been with the Chiefs. I mean, he's been bouncing around the league. I, we cannot say that Cordero Patterson is just going to keep running the ball as a running back. I mean, he'll be a gadget and they'll use him, but he's got special teams things to do. Like, they need Tyler Algier, Algier to play. I think they'll force Tyler Algier to really have, you know, an outstanding year and, and could be a sleeper guy that, you could flex in every week. I like him. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think, again, if you look at Patterson's fallen into this running back role, but he, we know him as a, again, well, more special teams guy, but we know him as a wide receiver and they have no wide receivers. So it yeah. feels like the right time. Now they drafted Algier to take on a little bit of a running back role and you could put Patterson back in the wide receiver role that you desperately need players at. So I do agree. I think he sees more snaps there. It, you know, again, he'll run some wheel routes out of the backfield and do some gadget stuff, like you said, but I agree. I think Algier uh, might not pay off early, but again, these rookies, rookies more often than not will return their value on ADP, if not better. So they will, you know, again, they're, they find their way into a role as the season goes on. So I think more than likely you kind of can have a safe bet betting on betting on rookie running backs. They usually return on their value. All right, we haven't really had a disagreement yet in the running back. Maybe Elijah Mitchell was a little bit, but like, you know, not a, not a, not a real point of contention, really. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about the strategy so far, Matt. No, I'm perfectly, again, Elijah Mitchell, I want to like, I liked him earlier. And then like hearing that he's injured in camp and with how, again, how hard it is to hold on to that role in that offense just scares me a little bit. Yeah. Shanahan, they're, they're Swiss arm. They're, they're, they're razor blades to him, you know, reusable. Mm. I get, you can get, I get them anywhere. Uh, wide receivers, good transition because Cordero Patterson may get back to that position. Don't know if I'm drafting him as a wide receiver, but there are plenty of wide receivers out there. This is a really hard position to try to figure out, especially for me, as I told you, like being right smack dab in the middle of the draft. 
I got to make a decision on this. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but there are a couple of guys that I am targeting. I want to hear what you have to say. Rounds one through five, who are your target wide receivers? All right, I'm going to go with one first here. I think that he's fallen a little bit, and I think that he now has – well, I have, I have two guys here that are playing with the best quarterback they've ever had. This one's less impressed. DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore um, okay. has been nothing, has been nothing but Mr. Consistent over – the beginning of his career. He is just 25 years old. He is fifth all time amongst all wide receivers in uh, targets and receiving yards before hitting 25 years old. So he has excelled at a very young age. The problem with DJ Moore, he hits 1100 yards every single year, without a doubt, the past three years, he scored four touchdowns in each of the past Mm. three years because he plays with quarterbacks that don't throw touchdowns. Uh, Sam Darnold, certainly not does, you know, throws through four uh, nine, nine, 19 and 17 touchdowns over the course of his career with a little bit of Cam Newton sprinkled in there at the end of last year. Things that you forget. Do you, I totally forgot that uh, Cam Newton went back to the Panthers at the end of last year and started games uh, that like I, when I read all those was reading stats of who the, the quarterbacks were, it blew my mind. Uh, <laughs> now comes in Baker Mayfield again, Baker Mayfield is average. I will oversell Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. but he had 17 touchdowns in 14 games last year, close to Darnold's career high. And then in years before that, he had 26, 22, and 27 touchdowns. So, and on a run first team in the Browns. So he's capable of putting the ball in the end zone, getting him his opportunities. I mean, DJ Moore, again, he dominates targets. He had 163 targets last year. And he had 118 the year before that in only 15 games. So the man is guaranteed, if he's healthy, for 150. 30, if not 140 targets, he had a 28% target share or 28.7% target share, which is the fifth highest amongst any wide receiver. And he's going at ADP uh, wide receiver 18 right now. So I think if he has just six, seven receiving touchdowns this year, and he hits that 90 catch and 12, you know, close to 1200 yard mark, I think he beats that ADP for sure. Yeah, no question. I love DJ Moore. I love everything about him. Uh, if he wasn't stuck in a terrible quarterback situation, I think he would clearly be one of the better receivers talked about. Uh, I, to me, I think if you're going to go round one quarter uh, wide receiver here, if, and if you don't want to leave the draft, one of the guys, I think you probably go cup Jefferson or chase one of those three guys. But to me, I, I in, in, in the past, I've thought about it. I haven't done it yet. So I'm going to wait till round two, maybe even three. These guys might be there. They might not be there. Um, certainly in round two. But I'll take CeeDee Lamb. I think I'll take CeeDee Lamb because Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson leaving, to me, Michael Gallup with the injury. I mean, CeeDee Lamb only had 79 receptions last year, but he had 121 targets. He had a lot of targets and still had over 1,100 yards receiving. That is 14 yards per reception. 14. I mean, that's really, really good. Again, the loss of weapons has to lead to more target share. Jalen Tolbert is really the only competition for him to get targets early on. You might argue Dalton Schultz may be there a little bit too, but I think CD is, is only going to get better. He'll probably see a lot more coverage, but I, I think he's one of those guys that has the ability to break the cover and get open. Sexy, not sexy pick, not a sexy pick is my number, the second guy, but he's Mr. Consistency every year, and we always pass up on him. Mike Evans. Got to go with Mike Evans here. He's got to be it. He's going wide receiver 10 under CD Lamb, which I think he could have a better year, under Tyreek Hill, under A.J. Brown. He's had a thousand yards every year of his career with that's the big stat, but he also has had 13 touchdowns both years with Tom Brady. I mean, it's hard to beat Mike Evans on a target guy. 
Yeah, again, touchdowns is one of those stats that we say is like not repeatable unless you're Mike Evans. Like Mike Evans <laughs> is going to catch double digit touchdowns, especially playing with Brady, especially in this offense. If they want to throw the ball close, you know, over 700 times or even close to 700 times again this year, a lot of that's going to go to Mike Evans. Yeah. And Chris Godwin's coming off an ACL last year. There's no more Antonio Brown. Yeah, you got Russell Gage. There's no Mark Gronk. So, no more Gronk. I mean, that just sounds like even more touchdown receptions for Mike Evans. So, again, I, I totally agree with you there. Uh, he, he could easily be a top five wide receiver. He's only been like a top, you know, he hasn't been outside of the top 15 in the past four years. So, I mean, he's a pretty solid bet to be, you know, a wide receiver two, if not a wide receiver one. I have one more here that mm -hmm. just allow me because this is, I need to go off. This is, if, this, if there is, if there's a guy that I have this year, this is the guy Lou knows it's the guy. The young man broke out last year at 24 years old with a pathetic excuse for a quarterback. He had 88 receptions on 129 targets, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. Finished as the wide receiver 17 in PPR. We're talking about Michael Pittman Jr. I said oh. his name on the show last year. I love him. I think that he is just an all-world player. I think he's great at being man. He's great at beating zone. If you look at Matt Harmon, Matt Harmon reception perception for any fantasy players out there that don't know who Matt Harmon is, get familiar. That man is the best. He gives the best stats as far as uh, wide receivers and potential breakouts. Michael Pittman, again, was the wide receiver 17 last year with Carson Wentz, just a nobody of a man. And they ran the ball at, they threw the ball at the seventh lowest clip in the league. Frank Wright came out just this week and said, I don't, we can't be a ground and pound team. I don't want to be a ground and pound team. They don't win championships. They clearly were that last year because of the ineptitude of their quarterback and were not able to do so otherwise. Some of the stats look very similar to from Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, but I have a couple ones that are significantly better. Last year, Matt Ryan expected completion percentage was 67.4%. He beat that mark by 1.8%, eclipsing the 69% completion mark. Once had an expected completion percentage of 66.8% lower than Ryan's, and he missed that mark by 2%. Uh, Matt Ryan was also pressured on nearly 40% of his dropbacks, which was the sixth highest in the league. And we know that the Colts have a tremendous offensive line and not one of the best offensive lines. He was still 12th highest graded quarterback from clean pockets, even though he didn't have one very much often the time. Carson Wentz, a man that lived in a clean pocket a lot of the time, 26th graded passer from a clean pocket. So basically every advantage that the Colts give their quarterback with their offensive line, he wasted it and threw it away. So he's providing more accuracy, more volume passing, because I don't think they will be in the you know seventh lowest passing attempts this year. And all we know about Matt Ryan is that he has supported a wide receiver one in every single season since 2014. He had Julio Jones from 2014 to 19, wide receiver six, two, seven, six, four, three in PPR. 2020, he had Calvin Ridley, wide receiver five. And last year, he had no wide receivers. He only helped Kyle Pitts become the second best rookie tight end season, uh, you know, missing Mike Ditka's rookie uh, record of receiving yards by 50 yards with over 1,000 yards. Michael Pittman and Matty Ice, both Matty Ices, are going to be a connection this year. I can't get enough of Michael Pittman. He's going wide receiver 13. I think he has the potential to be top five wide receiver on the year with the Colts. Jonathan Taylor had an insane amount of uses last year. It has to come down. So just allow me to just go off on Michael Pittman. Permission to come aboard, Captain. That was intense. And Michael Pittman, uh, fever here. Well, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, 
I compared him to Darnell Mooney last week. I don't know. And Darnell Mooney ain't a bad player. Man, oh, man. I, I don't know about this Colts fever that everybody's got going on. We're going to have a fun time on the on the division-by-division uh, division breakdowns, too. I, I think it's a real Matty Ice to Matty Ice mind meld going on right now. Yeah, I think that's really I, no, he's very talented. And I like the point about Jonathan Taylor, too. That's a, yeah. that's a good point. I like that. That uh, makes you wonder about who to take in the top three running backs. That's uh. Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor had a historic amount of touches inside the 20 last year. I want to say he had something like 89 touches inside the 20. And like the second most in history was like 49 or something like that. Like it, he had the most ridiculous usage inside of the 20 last year for attempts because they didn't trust Carson Wentz with the ball in the red zone because why would we want to turn it over here? So I think Matt Ryan's had a little more success in his career uh, at throwing some touchdowns. Whatever you say, whatever you say, I, 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 listen, he's got the numbers to back it up. I would say that, but I feel like Michael Pittman's going to be one of those nerd picks forever and ever and ever and just never lives up to it, but that's okay. That's okay. I'll be a nerd. I'll be a nerd. I'd rather have be a nerd. Nerd's just a derogatory term for passionate. I love it. Uh, the stay away guys in one through five, I'm just going to go through mine real quick and then I'll let you do your thing. I'm staying away from. Jalen Waddle. That's who I'm staying away from. I don't want any part of him. 140 targets and 104 receptions ain't happening again next this year with Tyreek Hill in the lineup. It's just not going to work. He's going at wide receiver 14. That's way too high. He was only wide receiver 20 in points per game last year. I just think that that is a ridiculous spot for Jalen Waddle to be. Um, and then I think this one's pretty clear cut. I'm staying away from Keenan Allen. Uh, Keenan Allen's not my guy. He's been productive every year as a football player. As a football player, he's very productive. But as a wide receiver, 11, too high. Considering me where he was wide receiver 15 last year, wide receiver 18 in points per game, his yards per catch is only 10.7. It's been going down the last couple of years. He had 9.9 the year before. And it feels like Mike Williams is really taking over as wide receiver one, honestly. And, and maybe they, they both are very, very productive. But I am just going to – I'm off the Keenan Allen train as far as fantasy. I would love him on my team. I would love him on my team. But fantasy-wise, I'm going to stay away. That one's tough to hear for me. Keenan Allen, for me, I think is is one of the most stabilizing forces. You can, I think if you could find a spot for him in your wide receiver two role, again, if you've got a very, very maybe up-and-down guy like a Jamar Chase, if you end up taking Jamar Chase round one and you can come back to Keenan Allen in, in, in round three, that's some stability. Because, again, you're not going to have an offense that throws many more passes than the Chargers. I agree that Mike Williams is there, but I think that they can both be supported to be top 20 guys at least. Maybe it's a little high. I, I do think that the ceiling for Mike Williams is higher naturally. I think I think he scores way more touchdowns. But if you want a guy that's going to get 12 targets a game, based about every game, I think Keenan Allen's the guy. So I, I think it's a little stabilizing force there. I agree with Jaden Wild, Jaden Wild 100%. Like how much you're really re-expecting Tua to throw the ball more. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Tua guy, as we know, but. Tyreek, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Gasicki, the running backs, like how, how many people are going to feed here? And I'm not sure that they're really going to throw the ball down the field. I think Hill is really there to get the ball and run with it. Like that's why I really think he's there for. And I think Waddle will be kind of similar in a short style passing game. But um, to me, that's, that's the way it goes. Um, let's go targets in rounds five through 10. Anybody oh, that you can see. Hold on. I, got oh. stay, I got some stayaways, Dan. Got I got some stayaways. Oh, you got stayaways. I'm sorry. I didn't even get you to. I, I got a couple guys I got to stayaways in. Get your stayaways I, I'll, I'll do this one quick. Uh, the, the hate is going to continue for the NFC East, Lou. Terry McLaurin. 
I say we could just I just gave you the Carson Wentz stats on the other one. So I think now we apply this to Terry McLaurin. I mean, we love scary Terry. There's nothing wrong with him himself. I we think he's fantastic. But I mean, even with a 24% target share last year, 130 targets, he was only able to be the wide receiver 24. And now he's playing with is Carson Wentz better than Taylor Heineke slash everybody else that was in there last year? I don't really think so. I mean, if Carson Wentz could only get could only get Michael Pittman to wide receiver 17 in a very good situation last year, is he going to be able to get Terry McLaurin up to meet his ADP of wide receiver 15? I don't think so. I think wide receiver 15 feels like his absolute ceiling in this offense. So I, I'm staying away from Terry McLaurin. And another another one, A.J. Brown. I There's hype around A.J. Brown, but guess what? The Eagles only threw the ball. The Eagles didn't throw the ball 500 times last year. They didn't even get 500 attempts last year between Gardner Minshew and and Jalen Hurts. So I know that's going to go up. I know we expect that to go up a little bit. But at the same time, there's more mouths to feed this year. I mean, we had DeMonta Smith got 104 receptions. We all like that to go up. Uh, Dallas Goddard had 76 uh, targets last year. Watkins had 62 and Rager had 57. Like, where are A.J. Brown's 100 targets going to come from? Like how many people can we take from to get AJ Brown hundred targets here? And I know that he doesn't need a lot of targets to be successful, but he needs to have double digit touchdowns. That's the only, the only time he's returned on a value like this. He's being taken right now. I believe at uh, wide receiver 11, his best finish is wide receiver 12. And that was when he had 11 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And we just said the Eagles led the league in rushing touchdowns last year. So I think that taking him at wide receiver 11, you are needing him to score 10 touchdowns or more. And he's maybe not even to get to hundred targets. So I just have a hard time taking a guy in the third round where I need guaranteed reliable players on a team that might throw the ball the fewest in the NFL. And we are hating the NFC. The NFC hate, is like the hate. worst, the worst. But that's why we love the only team that runs in the NFC. East. It's the team we love. I mean, that's unbelievable. Um, okay. I, I can't disagree with the AJ Brown thing. I think that he will open up the passing game, though. I think Eagles will throw it more this year than they did last year. So I we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's target some guys in rounds five through ten. I'll just run through my guys real quick and then let you roll. Um, this is solely kind of almost based on hard knocks a little bit, but I'm going Amon Ra, man. I'm going the sun god, baby. I love Amon Ra. I think he's clearly, clearly the top talent as wide receiver. In that in that group, and Jamison Williams is not going to be there for the first few weeks, so I I think that that'll give him a lot of opportunity to get a lot of targets. Uh, I think a lot of people are more down on T.J. Hawkinson than I than I thought, and what I've been reading up. So uh, I'm going to roll with, with with the Sun God and I'm on Raw. Uh, by the way, his dad's Mr. Universe. I mean, come on, I mean, how could you how could you hate that? Uh, and then uh, I'm going Robert Woods. I, I think Robert Woods. You get him in like the eighth ninth round. Um, Nobody's getting Bobby Trees any respect, but he's going to be wide receiver one in Tennessee. I, I'm not sold on Traylon Burks. And, and he's had between – there was a stat here. I think Chris Rabine gave this stat out. He has had between 11.4 and 13.9 half-point PPR points per game in the last five years. I, I think he is a very, very underrated. And that's on, that's on teams that, you know, have had good players on him, on Rams teams that have been loaded. So in Tennessee, as the number one target shareholder – I like Robert Woods a lot. 
Bobby Tree's almost made my list here as well. I do worry a little bit, again, like players coming off an ACL in the year prior, they usually do have a little bit of dip, but I, I, I agree. I think the opportunity is there. Uh, you said you're not sure about Traylon Burks. It seems like the Titans aren't sure about Traylon Burks. Uh, and, and again, the reports have come out of early parts of camp um, that he might not have been the best fit and to maybe not have traded A.J. Brown. Um, and, and that Bobby Trees line actually transfers perfectly into my number one guy here, who is his replacement in, in L.A., and that's Allen Robinson. Cool. I mean, the fact that we're talking about Allen Robinson going this late, I mean, he's going wide receiver 26. He's going 63rd. He's going in the seventh round. I mean, this is a man – regardless of last year and, and, you know, Matt Nagy and the, the Mad Hatter and that horrible spot that he was in the two years prior, the man had over 150 targets, a hundred catches, almost 1200 yards every year. And he had finished as the wide receiver nine in 2019. Uh, he finishes the wide receiver nine in 2020 and the wide receiver seven in 2019. And now he comes to the Rams, who had the six most points scored on the offense last year. The Bears were 29th last season. He also gets to come with Matt Stafford as his quarterback, who not only supported the best wide receiver in fantasy we've ever seen in history last year with Cooper Cup, but until Robert Woods left in week nine when he was injured, Robert Woods was the wide receiver 12, while Cooper Cup was the wide receiver one. So we are perfectly capable of supporting two wide receivers in this offense. Um, and not to mention when o- OBJ stepped in the back half of the year from 12 to 18, he was the wide receiver 19. So we supported two top 20 wide receivers in this offense all year long. And Allen Robinson, I think, has a lot of football left in him at 28 years old. He ain't that old. So I think wide receiver 26 where he's being drafted is his absolute floor. I think everything else is ceiling from there. So I, I think that he is a lock and load guy to take. Um, and then my other guys after that, it's more so – Juju Smith-Schuster, but I kind of have Juju slash MVS because hmm. the top wide receiver for Kansas City is getting taken at wide receiver 33 or wide receiver 52 if it's one of these two guys. Obviously, you have Travis Kelsey who's going in the second round, but we know Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the ball a ton, and the top wide receiver off the board is going at wide receiver 33. Why would we not take a chance on Juju Smith-Schuster who had fantastic years his first couple of years, and then his, his uh, you know career only declined as Big Ben declined and as the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to outdo themselves with drafting wide receivers as they do, and they bring in Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool to take away targets from Juju, who is still phenomenal and had a lot of injuries. So I think Juju stepping into this role, being a bigger body slot receiver, someone's got to catch the ball. I mean, a ton of targets have left Kansas City. And to get him in, again, the ninth round right now where he's going, uh, or the eighth round at, at 76 overall wide receiver 33. I think there is a ton of room for upside for Juju. And if you miss him, I think you take MVS and, and just take a shot because again, we're talking wide receiver 52 chiefs offense. It, it's a good situation to be in. Yeah. Uh, we're probably going to have a disagreement on that one because I, I really am not sure if Juju is this phenomenal receiver that we talk about and beating, getting beat out by Deontay Johnson and being as highly touted as he was chase Claypool is a real freak of nature, but I mean, you know, they have had such luck going at better receivers that I, I think there's more upside for MBS and Sky Moore to get a lot of targets. I mean, you're talking about 159 targets that have got to be split up here. Um, some of those are going to Travis Kelsey. Uh, there's no question about that. But I do think Kelsey will probably see more bracket coverage this year. So, yes, they are going to go to some outside receivers. 
MVS is the bigger is the bigger slot guy that you can play. He can play slot and outside to me, and has more speed than Juju. I'm not so sure. I I would feel more a lot more comfortable with MVS than I will would with Juju. But I can't, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quibble so much. But Juju was one of my stay away guys. I will say that he was not. You know, I was not really enamored with. Okay, they're splitting all these targets up. I I, I like kind of like the young cat and MVS a little more. Um, my stay away, my other stay away guy, Drake London. Uh, I, I'm staying away from him. I know Atlanta has no receivers, but he's already hurt. He's not a great separator. He's not explosive. He's just a big bodied receiver. He's not T Higgins. He reminds me more of, this is almost blasphemous, but he reminds me more of like young Calvin Benjamin. Like that's what he reminds oh, me of. Boy. I mean, that's a toughie. That's a that's toughie tough. to say. It's <laughs> really tough. Well, I'm I'm really not enamored with Drake London at all. I, I just I don't see it. Already got hurt his first game. Uh, I'm staying away from him. Yeah, no, I can agree with that Drake London is one. He's just in the back half of drafts, and uh, there's so many other. Uh, I, I feel like I'm loading up on wide receivers in the middle rounds, and I'm taking more of my shots on on running backs late versus trying to predict the wide receivers are going to pop late. Um, if, if I had one stay away here, um, I actually. T- I did kind of have a note for Robert Woods is, is a little bit of like, I don't know where to buy really? or to stay away with the ACL and the, and the thing. So I, I, I just really think there's a big Derrick Henry year coming this year as well. I, I think Derrick Henry yeah. past running backs now, but I think he is, he, he should be considered for top first round pick uh, with what he did in the years, the, the games that he was healthy last year, he was on pace for unreal season for fantasy football. Uh, but my stay away here, I think late rounds is Amari Cooper. He's going to wide receiver 29 right now. I mean, he just went from the best situation he could have been in in Dallas, a super pass-heavy pass heavy team. He's been super touchdown-dependent his entire career. We know it's about a market. If he doesn't score touchdowns, he's basically a usable. He was wide receiver 27 last year in PPR while scoring eight touchdowns. Um, and now he goes to a run-first team where we don't know how long we're going to be without Deshaun Watson. We have Jacoby Brissett, who does not throw a ton of passing touchdowns, like we've said, so – uh, I, I, he seems like at best he's a wide receiver three and he's going to just have one or two weeks that he get, catches two, two of his eight touchdowns on the year and the rest of the year, you're going to be frustrated having him. So I, I Amari Cooper, I'm, I'm out on. Uh, interesting. Interesting with him probably being wide receiver one there. I mean, it is tough. The quarterback situation is such an unknown. It, it, it's, it's hard to deal with that. No question about it. All right. Who's the guy you're throwing a dart at? Give me a sleeper. This one. I feel like we've come a long way last year with this. I'm going to take Marvin Jones Jr. here. I think that if we have okay. to have a little bit of buy-in on Jacksonville, Christian Kirk is the big hype coming out of Jacksonville because he got the bag, 25 years old. Oh, this guy can play out of the slot. But guess what? Marvin Jones last year, he was the wide receiver 33. Not horrible. Gave you some flex value if you needed to start him in some spots. He had over 120 targets, which led the team. He has a little bit of rapport already built in with Lawrence, and we know how bad that situation was last year and we expect everything to get better with, with Doug Peterson and all that. So it it's, again, it's not a sticky stat. It's not touchdowns or can't be repeatable, but this is another guy like Mike Evans that I feel like just always finds the end zone. He again, he had four last year, but years prior, it was, it was nine touchdowns, nine touchdowns. He had five in only nine games the year prior to that. And then nine touchdowns the year before. So he is a big receiver. Trevor Lawrence, again, has some connection built with him more so than he has Christian Kirk. And, and he's going for free. He's wide receiver 76 right now in ADP. He is mm. free in drafts. So take him with your last one out of there. You know, leave your kicker position wide open and take Marvin Jones Jr. instead. I like it. 
I mean, he had a he had an underrated year last year. There's no question about that. I really like that pick a lot. Um, I'm gonna stick with the theme of going with rookie wide receivers, and and maybe he will be higher uh, in in those groups as more fantasy teams get drafted and people start to believe the hype. But I will continue to to ride this whole George Pickens train. I'm gonna keep riding it. I I like it a lot. I don't care. I don't care that he is a camp god. I saw it in the preseason too. I, I saw it in the preseason game too. He's the he's the real deal. He's the guy that everybody missed on. I really believe in it. I know they got Claypool and Johnson there. I think he could be a stud, man. I really like him. Uh, Claypool, Johnson, Fryer moves. Najee's got to get his 400 touches like he's supposed to get. So I don't know. That's that one's tough for me. I think in dynasty leagues you should absolutely have George Pickens. He's probably you know he's probably going very high in dynasty drafts. But I think this season and trying to figure things out, I don't know if he's going to return return much but hey again we're talking dart throws here so you can't really knock too many of them i mean if you're looking at rookie wide receivers Jahan dotson sky Moore, romeo dobbs of the packers jalen tolbert talk about a camp guy romeo dobbs is catching some heat i know he's getting a lot of heat uh uh, jalen tolbert chris olave these are all rookies that are going obviously drake london and traylon burks um these are all rookies going ahead of him and i'm i'm sorry i'm not sure how much those guys are going to play so I and or or really contribute. Um, some of them will, some of them won't. But I like I like George Pickens a hell of a lot. Uh, let's go do tight ends because tight ends is a very interesting one. We know Matt this every year. There's like four guys mm-hmm. that you got to get. And if you don't get them, what do you do? I don't know. So to me, like if you're gonna target guys, doesn't it have to be one of those four guys. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Like I feel like I didn't have like one name of a guy to target. For me, it's get one of the top guys if you can. It, you, you know, if you and, and at value, you can't. You, it, it's so hard sometimes. You have to do. This is why you have to do mock drafts. You have to see what it's like if you take Travis Kelsey in the tail end of the second round, or like even you know, twelve team if you're taking him like twelfth in the first round and then turning around. And what can happen if you can get Mark Andrews in the second round? But there is the biggest positional advantage comes from the tight end position. If you can get one of the top four guys and you don't have to sacrifice getting too much, you know, giving up too much else, you can have a guaranteed locked and loaded positional win over the guy across from you. If you want to say, I'm going to win, you know, quarterback, quarterback, running back, running back. Tight end, if you grab one of these top four guys, you are going to get them because I I think it's Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. And my guy, if I had a target this year, is Kyle Pitts. Again, I just, I know the passing game is going to go down, but he's a freak, man. We don't, we have not seen a tight end like this. This guy is Again, we talked about the thousand yards in the rookie season, and they have nobody else. And I know it's Marcus Mariota, or it's a rookie, it's it's Ritter throwing to him, but I still think he's going to get fed. I think he's going to get over a hundred targets, um, and I think his explosiveness would allow him to to get in the end zone. He only had one touchdown last year, and yeah. he was the wide receiver four or five. So if he gets in the end zone a couple more times and falls in with the amount of athleticism that he has, I think that he has the absolute opportunity to blow the doors off. So I think him in the fourth round's great. Kelsey, if you can get him falling in the second round, is great. And Andrews, if you can get him falling in a little bit in the third round, get him at the best value you can. Waller and Kittle are kind of there, but I think it really just falls off after that. And if you don't get one of those guys, just stream. Don't waste don't waste a high value pick. Take yeah. them one of your last two picks of your draft. That's kind yeah. of my whole tight end theory this year. I, I like I like uh, Mark Andrews a lot. I like yeah. Mark Andrews a lot. I just agree. his target share in the red zone, especially, is insane. I love Waller, man. I, I just think Waller is so for the fifth round. But here's the reason why I love him. Dude, I mean, if you think about it, Hunter Renfro underneath is going to, to 
garnered a lot of attention. And now they've got Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is seeing bracket coverage on the outside. The middle of the field is wide open. I don't know how teams are going to cover Darren Waller. I just I have no idea how teams are going to be able to cover Darren Waller. You have to choose something. And in this league, we've seen it with the Chiefs. If they're not bracket coveraging Tyreek Hill, then they're getting killed. So teams decide to double, and Kelsey just gets so many targets through that. It's going to be the same situation here. It really, really is. Darren Waller, I think it could be boys to be in tight end one, no question. I, I think he's really got that potential this year, considering the offense that he's going to be in. So I would go Andrews, and, and honestly, I'd wait fourth round. If I can get fourth or fifth round and get Darren Waller, I'm totally cool with that. No, I like that. I mean, that's, that's some good theory. I've been worried about him again, just figuring how many targets are going to be able to go around in this offense. And we don't know with McDaniels coming in, what it's going to be like. There's a lot of things up in the air, but I could definitely see Waller Waller being in a smash spot this year. Um, uh, yeah, like, so those are the targets. And I do, ha- I just have one sleeper. Like I said, my, my stay away note here was like, just not taking any of those guys too early and staying away from, from taking a guy that's basically going to be streaming level, like a, like, and I hate to say it, like, like Hawkinson and Goddard and like those guys, like they seem like they're good, but I, there's so many other guys that can just really plug and play where they're at. And you get them like six to seven rounds later. Yeah. But my one sleeper, if you want to take a guy in your last pick of your draft, that I think you can provide some value that you could definitely get is Gerald Everett. I mean, Jared cook last year in the chargers offense had yeah. some value at 34 years old. He had value at and, and Jared and Gerald Everett's 28. I mean, the touchdown upside being in this offense, being a big, you know, being a big body down the red zone with Justin Herbert, I think that Gerald Everett, you could get him guaranteed with the last pick in your draft, and he's on one of the best passing offenses in the league. Yeah, no doubt. I like that one. I like that one a lot. I mean, the only thing is with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, if I'm going to streamline a guy, by the way, I, I do have two stayaways, but I'll just give you my sleeper first. Um, if I'm going to streamline a guy, I want a guy that is on a team that has nobody. That's what I want. I, just, I want and, and has potential to pop off. I'm taking the same guy I took last year. <laughs> same guy. Nobody knows about him. He's going to be a baller. I'm waiting for it. Brevin Jordan, Houston Texans. Put it in the books. He's the new, new Jonu Smith of the AFC South. He, the kid's going to ball out. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Brandon Cooks is his only competition for targets. Davis Mills is going to have a nice little safety blanket over the middle. Let me tell you that. He's going to be tucking him in at night saying, there, there, Davis. Sleep tight, my friend. I'll score for you. Before we give out too many Texans, like is like like one of the worst <laughs> offensive league to like invest in. I didn't even get to mention Nico Collins earlier in this draft, and we, and we failed to mention how good of a value Brandon Cooks is for another the the tenth year in a row because he gets a thousand yards every year. He's drafted at wide receiver twenty, and he will always beat wide receiver twenty. Somebody uh, in the tenth round, we'll we'll see. Brandon Cooks is on the board, huh? <laughs> Before we give out too many Houston Texans investments. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, let's do quarterbacks, and we'll wrap it all up here. Um, this is the one, and we talk about talk about streamlining. I mean, when do you like? When do you see it appropriate? I know that me and you are kind of on the same page about this. I don't care about this position until round ten. Really, I mean, that's really when I start caring about. It. 9 10 is when I started like, all right, who's there? Who's not? Did somebody draft Patrick Mahomes in the third round? Like, mm. I just, I, I don't understand why people do that. This year, I, I agree. That, that, is, that is the mantra. But I does feel like this year, you can be the guy to take quarterback first and be okay. As long as you take Josh Allen. 
We have Josh Allen has reputed as the quarterback one for the first time uh, in a very, very long time since, since Drew Brees, I think, did it back in like 04, in 05, or whatever the years were. But it's been a very long time since a quarterback reputed as the number one in the, in the uh, spot at the fantasy position. What he provides in passing and rushing, we've talked about it with him. Like w- With quarterbacks, you're looking for rushing upside guys, so 500-plus rushing yards. We're talking uh, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler, uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, and then you're talking, all right, you get guys that have a little bit of rushing, like Mahomes and Herbert might get like 300 yards, Dak maybe 300 yards. And then after that, you want guys with high passing volume and it's Brady, Mahomes, Herbert, and Allen. And okay, the only two guys, the only guy that matches the high rushing upside and the high passing volume is Josh Allen. Yeah. He, he sets himself apart in this offense. And he was had a down year last year compared to two years ago. If he can get back to what he was two years ago, even closer, he was – dominant that season um as a rush as a quarterback so i think you can't take him too early right now his adp he is going middle of the third round at at 24th overall if you get to the back half of the third round and you've already got a wide receiver and and a running back and then you could take josh allen with a quick turn i do think there is value there that he can i mean the projections I'm using from uh, the site I use, fantasy footballers i think they're the best at projecting they they finished top of, of ranked fantasy pros for projections they have him ranked uh, projected for 378 points. Second place is, is Herbert at 357. Like we're talking, it's a big difference over the course of a season. And that is, you know, a low kind of floor for him, I think, with, with that. So I, I think you could take Josh Allen early, third round, tail end of the third round. If he falls to the fourth, absolutely snag him up. But if not, I totally agree. I think you got to wait until seventh, eighth round, grab one of these guys that, that's going to rush the ball a lot more. So you're targeting rushing quarterbacks. That's that's just your deal this year. hundred percent. I, I think I, I think if there's two guys later in drafts, uh, Kyler Murray is the guy I gave out last year. I think that he's always got the potential. Again, he he probably has the biggest potential to throw for five thousand yards and rush for eight hundred yards. Like that's it's like possible with him with his skill level if he stays on the field. But again, Lou said it. Jalen Hurts. I think that Jalen Hurts is. Yep going a lot cheaper than Lamar Jackson. And I think that they can basically be the same kind of guy. He's going 15 picks behind Lamar Jackson. Um, they could easily both throw for 3,500 yards and like eight to 900 rushing yards with how many ever rushing touchdowns they can get. And if you play in four points, four point passing touchdown, six points for the rushing touchdown, like they're more valuable in that kind of a format uh, when they get those rushing touchdowns. So I think where Jalen hurts is going in the middle of the seventh round, what he provides with safety with his rushing floor. Like we know he's going to run the ball a ton as well as the upside of how many touchdowns can he get on the ground? Like I think the fact that he's going two rounds later than, than Lamar makes him a tremendous value. Cause I think they can finish the season with very similar stats. Yeah. Uh, he's one of my target guys. I, I just, I can't ignore the rushing and, and how he's, I, I think he's very much improved. I, looking at him preseason, what he did in the first preseason game, he was money. He was absolute money. I know he's playing the jets, but he was just absolute money, and he's been great in, in everything we come out of camp. So I, I really like what I'm hearing from him. If I do wait, if I do wait and say, okay, I'm at 12th round and I still don't have a quarterback because I don't care and it's probably going to be me this year, I'm ripping Derek Carr. I, I'm ripping mm-hmm. him. I love Derek Carr. In this. I mean, I just don't understand. I don't see how they do not have a top five offense in the league, top five passing offense in this league. They're just too low. There's too much loaded there. And I and look, Derek Carr is in a completely different situation with brand new weapons, the best weapons he's ever had. I think he, he's definitely a look at for me. 
my problem with Derek Carr is his touchdowns, man. He just doesn't, he's had good weapons the past year. I mean, he, he had great weapons this last year, right? Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, you know, his touchdowns are 23 touchdowns, 27, 21, 19, 22. Like, I just don't think, and then McDaniels coming in is going to want to, you know, get, get, run the ball plenty, you know, ton, ton of with this full committee of running backs that he has here with Samir White and Josh Jacobs and all these guys. So I don't know. I just, I, I worry about the ceiling for Derek Carr. I get that he could definitely be serviceable. If we're talking late ground guys that I think can do a lot more, yeah. we're talking Kirk Cousins. I mean, we're saying that Kirk Cousins already throws for 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. And we're hoping that Derek Carr can get to that level. Like Kirk Cousins is already doing that. And now we have Kevin O'Connell coming in with a potentially more pass heavy offense. So I think Kirk Cousins, as far as a late round guy, would be someone that you'd want to target. And late round rushing quarterbacks that we're talking about, Trey Lance. We're, 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 the Trey Lance experience yes. is coming to town. I mean, he's going to run the ball a ton. He might not be the best passer in the world, but we know, we, again, he's going to rush a ton, probably get at least six, 700 rushing yards because um, that's his better asset. And the guy we mentioned earlier, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we're just yep. gonna we're just gonna ship this guy off. That's my sleeper pick. Like, yep. we're gonna ship my him off like job. he never happened. Like we weren't waiting on this guy for for since sophomore year of high school to come into the NFL just because a freaking guy at, at bars with co-eds late night when he shouldn't be is ruining Trevor Lawrence. Like, <laughs> we gotta remember that he was in the worst situation possible last year. Now Doug Peterson comes in. I think that we could be looking at Trevor Lawrence in an extremely different light next year for fantasy purposes because he has rushing upside as well, uh, as well as, you know, a, a great arm. So I think we could look at that 4,000 passing yards and, and, and four to 500 rushing yards potentially for Trevor Lawrence this year. Yeah, he's my sleeper too. I, I love it. I absolutely love everything about Trevor Lawrence. Might throw down MVP ticket on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that, I like it. That I like much. That's Comeback player that. of the year for a second-year player? That's, that's – <laughs> I mean, he definitely deserves it with what he had to go through. I, I, I think that he could go off, and especially, like we said, the weapons are there. They've shored up the offensive line. They added Brandon Scherf this offseason. Other guys, the sky's the limit. They get ETN back. The sky's the limit. Yeah, and then if I can give two stayaways, I'm going to lead yeah. with this one so I don't get screamed at for the second one. My first one is Joe Burrow. I think that Joe Burrow had just about as good of a season as he could have last year. 70% completion percentage, throwing the ball a ton. But again, he didn't really start to go off, and they didn't go super pass-heavy till the end of the year. I think that they are going to have a balanced offense like they did in the first half. Joe Mixon got plenty of run, was a really good back last year. Um, and I think that Joe Burrow had just about his ceiling last year, and, and he still did not crack the top five. Uh, so I think that where he's going right now as the sixth overall quarterback going in the sixth round, I mean, the guys that we're talking about that you could still get at other positions instead of Joe Burrow is again, your guy, Elijah Mitchell, my guy, Allen Robinson, Hollywood Brown, who's getting you know connection going with Kyler Murray. Like those pieces are way more valuable than again, just waiting five rounds later to get a, a, a Trey Lance or a Kirk cousins or uh, a Tom Brady, who's still a value this year, as we said. Yeah. And the second one that is going too early is just Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I know he's great. He's a top five. Yeah. He's a top five quarterback in the league. I gave, I give you that 100%. But he doesn't have the weapons this year. He just doesn't. And you can look back at guys like Rodgers, like who we never doubt is a great quarterback. But he has had years where he hasn't had the weapons, and he's had down years of quarterback 10, quarterback 12. And to take Patrick Mahomes right now, 
in the third, in the, sorry, the fourth round where you're passing up on guys like DJ Moore and Michael Pittman going right around Patrick Mahomes. I, I just can't see it. I just can't see it. Those are literally the guys that are going right in his ADP. I, I don't know. I have a hard time taking Patrick Mahomes that early. Get him, Matt. Get him. Get him. Get Michael Pittman on your team. <laughs> a lot of blasphemy. I love a guy. A lot of blasphemy, Lewis. I don't know. Hey, he likes Michael Pittman. What can I say? <laughs> likes Michael Pittman, hates Patrick Mahomes. What a world. What a world. <laughs> Wouldn't Joe, <he> be? <laughs> Joe Burrow, too, I didn't mention that. I mean, he has not – he did not run the ball the same way he did his rookie year after that disgusting AC, you know, his leg injury. I don't think that's going to come back that much for Joe Burrow. I don't think that – I think the days of him even reaching, like, 200 rushing yards, like, for that little bit of upside – I think that's gone. I, I I think that he's he's going to be much more of a reserve kind of pocket passer. Get rid you of the really ball and move on to that. this one. Really I I, I don't think that he hits 300 yards this year rushing. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's tougher to run without an appendix yeah. too. So. I I agree on the Burrow notion. We we disagree on Mahomes, but I agree on the Burrow notion. So yeah, a Super Bowl regression. I mean, it's a hard. I mean, the team that loses the Super Bowl typically has a lot of regression the mm-hmm. next year. You know, so I hate saying that though because he's. So shysty. He's the and, man. And again, there's good NFL quarterbacks. They're not all good fantasy quarterbacks. Yep, that's true. Matty Ice. He's seeing through the trees. I love it. It's so good. It's like a good quarterback does. He sees through the trees. God, I'm jacked up. I want to do a draft. <laughs> I'm gonna do I'm gonna do like 12 mock drafts right now. Late night mock draft. We'll get on it right after this. I love it. Oh, Lewis, it's going to be a fun one coming up in a few Sundays. Can't wait, brother. Uh, we're getting there. I, You know, I got second pick, and I am – I mean, it really depends what the, you know, the bozo in front of me does. So, that's – uh, yeah, got to wait. You can see. really – you can tell us who you're picking. We're, we're not going to be able to uh, – It depends. I, I don't want to say anything because I don't want that certain person to hear my strategy. That's true. Yeah. There is, there is a bozo that's going in first place. That is true. Do you have three guys, three guys that you could choose from? No, there's three guys. It's Taylor, uh, McCaffrey, and Henry, and it's it yeah. depends on what the first guy does. And I there's two guys, and I know I'm taking the other one. Okay, that I, that's all I can say. I can't say. I can say. Yeah, I can't because he's. I, I would love to have Austin Eckler. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Mixon is who yeah. I'm taking. Can I have Nick <laughs> Chubb, please. Goodness gracious. I'm taking Damian Harris with my second overall. Please. Player. If please I could just nice. lead him in a different direction, that would be fantastic. Hey, hey, let me tell you something. I was going to say it. That was my only question of the whole show. I thought it was a great show. Not, nothing for the Patriots running backs. It was really, you uh, know. I, I, I was wanted to mention, but I didn't want to get yelled at. But Ramondre Stevenson is looking like he's going to be the pass catching back this year. He looks yep. lean. He looks good. Dumb. Honorable mention for stayaways was going to be Damian Harris. Again, we kind of moved through that fast, but stayaways uh-huh. is Damian Harris. Because, again, you could just look at running back by committees. Like I said, you, you, you know, Zeke and Pollard. I didn't even get to mention A.J. Dillon. I think A.J. Dillon is another one. Aaron Rodgers said he can catch 50 passes. Him and Aaron Jones catch 50 passes this year. What? Because – they don't have wide receivers, so we're not going to take touches away from each other at the running back. We're going to take touches out of the third and fourth wide receiver group. We're going to put Aaron Jones out there. But I think all those committees, all those splits, the Damian Harris, the Ramondre Stevenson, you don't take the top guy. You take the guy behind him mm. two to three rounds later that has potential to be ADP. I swear to God. I'm with if that. You take, if you take Ramondre Stevenson. I'm, my first six picks are running backs. I'm just going old school. <laughs> 
<laughs> classic when everyone else's running backs are dead in the water i will have the running backs to trade three so. yards in a cloud of dust that's your team name <laughs> how about the fact that i'm wearing this hat and i didn't mention honorable mentions great value great values are russell wilson <clears throat> oh hey don't make Mel- get my jets jerseys out all right we we could do a little I got Mel- Melvin Gordon Stay away from so, the Jets. That's my Melvin only. Gordon's running back 37. Guess what? Him and Javante Williams finished one spot next to each other last year. And mm. I, I love Javante, but I will say his price feels like it's getting a little rich for what I think is going to be mostly mm. like a 60 40 backfield. It, he's special. He's very good, but I don't think he's used to going to be high. I'm, I'm, how come I'm not hearing about Albert O? Albert O in like the 15th round? Albert O. Again, too many mouths to feed. Too many mouths to feed. Man, I wish. I wish Tim Patrick didn't get hurt. I was gonna Tim Patrick was gonna go in like the tenth round and just be a touchdown maker. Oh <laughs> so mad. Oh, I love it. I love it. Lewis, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, guys. We're doing uh 10 questions next week. The NFL season. Get your brain going again. I love Dan's 10 questions. <laughs> you they're hard. The first I only got five questions so far, but they're hard. They're hard questions. Oh, you work hard on like I you work just as hard as you know. I, I did a lot of work in this show. I know you're working just as hard. If not harder, oh. embracing the grind, embracing the grind, as we once said, it's great. I, I, I listen, I, I'm working between college football and NFL, it's very, very difficult. I'm doing double duty this year. I just put in a couple more Georgia Tech under wins, Kansas State over wins as every year. I, I'm, I'm in it, mate. I'm in it, baby. College football, too, baby. That, that's in 10 days. We're kicking off. I know. I, I gotta get to the draft. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so focused on the draft day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love yeah. it. And we got 63 it. days until the Knicks play again. Oh, <laughs> All right, wrap it up, Dan. Let's wrap yeah. it up. For <laughs> Lemon Pepper, Lou Barrett, going for Maddie Ice, Maddie C. Matt Silver. I'm Dan Zapano. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Sunday Card. Let's ride. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zimpano, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.